0: Hello again, Pats Nation, and to the Foxborough faithful, this is the latest and always greatest edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, a presentation of WEEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. We have reached the midweek now following the New England Patriots Week 7 loss at home to the Chicago Bears, who they were eight and a half point favorites against And we got a huge game coming up against the New York Jetropolitans down at Jet Life Stadium, a game whose pivotal nature for so many reasons we cannot overstate. So the midweek mark means you know what time it is. Mailbag! That's right. It's the Mailbag edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, where we ask you via the social medias, if you have any questions you would like us to try and answer on the podcast, as they relate to the Patriots, all things pats the NFL, and beyond. And boy, oh boy, if only there were something to talk about this week. If only you guys and gals had questions, and hopefully we'll come up with some answers that'll provide you some info, some intel, some insight, all the important words, and maybe a little levity and comfort along the way. Uh, just some opening thoughts real quick. Bill Belichick was just speaking moments ago, he was making his, uh, it's Wednesday. So the Patriots first practice of the week, they're going through a bit more of a walkthrough to kick off the week, just like they did following the green Bay game. That was a four o'clocker. This was obviously a Monday nighter. So they're a day and a half behind in terms of prep for the jets and getting their rest. I'm sure people's heads are still spinning, let alone bodies are still aching. Unfortunately, there were some injuries in the game as well. Kyle Duggar hurt his ankle. Adrian Phillips got a little dinged up. David Andrews, who took that unbelievably cheap shot from one time, you know, cup of coffee and a half with the New England Patriots. Mike Pennell, who got tossed from the game and rightly should have as well. Um, Hopefully, David Andrews will be okay. I've heard he's doing okay. So that's comforting as well. But I doubt we'll actually see him out there Sunday against the Jets in New Jersey, even though they say they play in New York, but that's okay. Hey, listen, they're the New England Patriots and they play in Foxborough. What are you going to do, right? Uh, You'll likely see James Ferentz at center on Sunday as well. That's an interesting wrinkle. So in case any of you wanted to know about David Andrews in the protocol, I heard he's doing okay. You're probably going to see James Ferentz out there. But anyway, Bill Belichick was doing his weekly uh, midweek avail, and he was asked, uh, the question that went out to him was, Hey, Bill, will you tell us who's going to start at quarterback tomorrow? Tomorrow being Thursday. Perhaps that's even when you're listening to this. And his answer was, maybe. I'm just going to go ahead and sigh for all of you. I'll do it for myself because I feel like it. But uh, as somebody who jokes around far too often, I do know when it's time and when it's not time to take things seriously. I can adult on occasion even though I'm a terminal goofball and try to live on the lighter side of life. Look, a little laughter might go a long way as we try to, you know, cut through the tension and ease the mood there following a shocking, potentially devastating and even franchise-altering loss to the Bears by 19 points. And it wasn't really that close. Could have been a lot worse if the Bears didn't take a knee and not run up the score at the end of the game, something Peyton Manning wanted them to do on his Manning cast, something the Patriots have actually done to one and many a franchise before during the Belichick era. Is anyone in the mood for, you know, having fun with this, playing the media, all the cutesy tootsie right now? I'm kind of not. And I'm always in the mood for a joke, uh, you know, shits and giggles and a laugh. Right now? Not really. Not really. Like Monday night was awful. It was horrible. Awful in every sense of the word, except when it wasn't. You know, that brief interim, when Mac threw the pick early in the second quarter, a pick that actually did, if you've seen the videos on the interwebs, nick the wire uh, from the ESPN Skycam, ever so slightly altering its trajectory, probably still would have been picked off. Maybe it would have sailed over. Uh, the rookie Jawan or Javron uh, Brisker, the safety for Chicago may have sailed over his hand still. Bad throw, bad decision by Mac. Parker was open. He rushed it. He threw off his back foot. Regardless. Once Bailey Zappi came in, two touchdown drives, some blown coverages by the Bears, uh, some energy from the Patriots, the crowd's going wild. After they had been chanting Zappi for a long time, heading into Bill Belichick, deciding to bench Mac Jones and put Bailey Zappi in. Go up 14-10. After that, all diminishing returns. Now Bailey Zappi can't lead another scoring drive the entire night. A number of batted balls, a couple of picks. One's his fault, especially one kind of not. And the offense just looked like anemic. It looked discombobulated. It looked disorganized. And that kind of goes with the entire theme of the way the Patriots prepared for and handled things going into the game Monday night. A, I do not think the Patriots took the Chicago Bears seriously or seriously enough, even though a week ago, Bill Belichick opened with a seven-minute sermon on how dangerous the Chicago Bears were. I saw some funny tweets uh, late Monday night and early Tuesday morning, like, all y'all heard Bill Belichick give you seven minutes on how dangerous the Bears were, and we thought he was doing a stand-up routine. Maybe, turns out, he kind of wasn't. But then again, the way that they approached Monday night, the defensive play calling, a lot of the same stuff that uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens were able to take advantage of the bears, obviously, who had a week and a half, almost two weeks to prepare. They watched film. They did their homework. Matt Abrafloos, rookie head coach for the Chicago bears, a team that doesn't have as much talent does have a second year first round quarterback in Justin Fields to the Patriots. Mac Jones we will get to the Pats quarterback situation in a second. Abraflus was the defensive coordinator last year in the Colts, a Colts team that beat the Patriots and confounded and frustrated Mac Jones and they do it all over again and they just roundly out coached, outplayed out everything the Patriots Monday night you could see right from jump street they hit harder they were faster off the line they were more prepared they came in with an attitude they came in with the right kind of swagger and the right kind of edge they had the right energy how the Patriots could have possibly with a day and a half extra prep knowing that a win would have taken them to a winning record, 4-3, and tied with the Dolphins and the AFC East, setting them up for a massive showdown for possibly potential playoff seeding with the Jets. Later on down the line, how they could have come into this game and been flat-footed or confused or just unprepared is beyond me. It's just, it's mind-boggling to me. It's like Boolean math. It's like... uh, trying to like speak Esperanto. It's like code. I don't get it. Maybe other people do way above my pay grade. I don't get it. And it was so frustrating to watch. First, it was amazing to feel like you were a part of history. And while I disagreed with benching Mac and putting Zappy in, I would have started Mac and gone with him the whole way. If he's good enough to come in, he's not just good enough for a couple series. Like this isn't spring training where you put him in for three innings and say like, all right, we're getting the arm warmed up. Don't worry, we'll get you tuned up. We'll get you up to 100 pitches or a full football game soon enough. You either put Mac in and play him the whole time or you don't put the stress on the ankle and you ride the hot hand with Bailey Zappi and you say, I think Bailey Zappi is good enough with the right game plan, right effort and energy to beat the Chicago Bears. Instead, it was Mac Jones and then Bill Belichick, some think he's kowtowing to the crowd that's chanting for Zappi. Now that's in Mac's head. Now he's going to be sensitive to all this. Now he knows the Pats fans, or at least a portion of them, were cheering to get him out uh, unhappy with the incompletions and the and the interception they wanted Zappi in. This legitimately turned into a worst-case scenario for the Patriots. We had said last week on the Six Rings postgame show on WEI and on the podcast that the worst-case scenario for the Patriots and for Mac Jones Monday night, I think we said this with Mark Grody from 670, the ticket in Chicago would be over the first three series. If Mac Jones does start, whether he convinces the brass to start, which it sounds like according to Tom Curran's reporting that maybe he did, uh, or is just good enough. And they decide, okay, it's time to go back to our starter. The worst case scenario would have been three and out three and out and interception. Holy shit. That's exactly what happened. Three and out three and out interception because now of course the crowd is going to want Zappi in and Mac's going to hear this is what Paul why Paul Perillo said if I was Mac Jones's dad I'd want him to start on the road because I know how fair weather and sometimes capricious or emotional Pats fans can be look what happened and then Zappi comes in and now it's the worst friggin' case for Zappi because he comes in two touchdowns yes Zappi fever Zappi hour Zappi fever Zappi hour and then he stays in long enough. In a game where he didn't get the majority of the first team reps and practice and snaps and care and, and and everything he needed to do the week before, all the reports said Mac Jones got the majority of the the snaps and the pregame prep. So now Bailey Bailey's happy, yeah, like yeah, he botches a handoff with Jacoby Myers because he probably didn't run that in practice. He's not ready for the Bears because he hasn't. He's just kind of going with the same simple stuff he had done before. Like he did his job. If anything, put Matt back in at the half so that he can try to build his confidence back up, knock the rust off, win the damn game. Game was out of hand. Belichick said he didn't put him back in. No, it wasn't. It was like two scores all the way up until like the middle of the fourth quarter. And now, who the hell is the Patriots starting quarterback this week or beyond? Who's the franchise quarterback? Who's the answer going forward? I don't know. I can't believe I'm inclined to think this, but with the way Mac Jones probably felt Monday night, knowing how the organization feels about him, even if Bill Belichick says like, yeah, he's a hard worker, he's he competes, all that stuff. that's if That makes me feel like if Belichick needs him this year, he can get something out of him. But to me at this point now, I can't help but almost wonder if that's it. That's it. Mac to the future, more like Mac to the past. Adios. I think I think Mac might be cooked with the Patriots. I think this may be the end of his run. Just a season and a quarter. I thought the top priority heading into the season was make sure you develop Mac Jones further. Make sure you prepare him for long-term success. Do not allow any regression. Help him understand the game more. Surround him with the proper talent and coaching to elevate his game to the next level so there's no sophomore slump. It's a second-year surge, and then by year three, He's kicking ass with tanker gas. And now it's an absolute fuster cluck. Uh, Jason Lockenfora, who's on the air in Baltimore, obviously does the pregame show sometimes on CBS and is an Odyssey NFL insider, had a report earlier that he said he thinks Mac could be made available to be traded by the time of the combine. Go ahead to the window and collect your winnings. If on your preseason Patriots ticket, you had a report before the first Jets game that Mac Jones could potentially be available before the combine. I know it's just speculation at this point, but what a disastrous report. No wonder why ass clowns like Asante Samuel are chirping at Bill Belichick online, saying like, oh, Tom Brady's gone. Belichick revealing himself to just be a mid-coach or like an average, whatever he said. Really. And to all listeners right now, to all Patriots fans, to the In Bill We Trust crowd, To all the members of the Hoodie Nation, all Patriots fans everywhere, please, enough infighting and enough yelling at each other and enough quote tweeting and clapbacking and nastiness over like, oh, yeah, what's Bill ever done for you? Hey, what did Tom Brady ever do for you? Yeah, he's nothing without Tom. Oh, yeah, Bill made Tom. Yeah, you suck if you don't agree with Bill Belichick. How dare you disagree with the greatest coach of all time? You're a fan. Fan is short for fanatic, which means we are fanatical about our sports. We care. We're impassioned. We have opinions. Sometimes those opinions are stupid. They're idiotic. They're bad. It's okay. Just like taxes and toilets. We all got them. We all got to pay them and use them sometimes. We deal with it. It shouldn't be that big a freaking deal. But for people to be so nasty and caustic towards each other uh, over how they feel about the quarterback, the the head coach, the decisions that he's made. I don't like him. I would have stuck with Mac the whole time. Mac Jones would be my starter. I would now realize that I've got a really good backup in Bailey Zappi, who really shouldn't be playing because he's a rookie fourth rounder out of Western freaking Kentucky. Now he's going to be this, potentially the starter long-term. Aaron Rodgers didn't play for four years. They even sat Patrick Mahomes. He might be one of the three greatest quarterbacks of all time. But it's Zappi hour now? This is nuts. This is nuts but these are just my feelings. Now you can agree with them, disagree with them. That's fine. But can we all just like agree to, can we all agree that it's okay to agree to disagree and just stop with the infighting and just hope that they can figure things out down there because it was really fun up until it wasn't on the season and Sunday when it was flat, then they booed Mac and they called for Zappy and Zappy Hour came in and then it was awesome. You felt like you were a part of a movement. My phone blew up. There's like a hundred text messages. I know the social media like almost lit itself on fire. They like got spontaneously combusted and then it wasn't fun. Yeah, it basically felt like Sunday night at Gillette. You came home to an empty, unfurnished house and then all of a sudden it was Christmas morning in the house and then the house got robbed. All right, well, the house has been robbed. And now we're picking up the pieces, so let's quit arguing with each other and let's actually just get to talking about the football team because it brings us comfort. doesn't really affect what they do down there, despite the booing and the chanting and the zappy, zappy, zappies from the crowd. And let's go, Pats. All right. To your questions now from Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and beyond. Thank you for allowing me the opening diatribe. Here we go. Michael Green on Facebook asks, Did we even game plan for Chicago? I guess that's like a a version of, do you even game plan, bro? Uh, The answer is, yeah, they game plan for Chicago. Problem is, it was something resembling the same game plan or a game plan similar to what they had done recently against Cleveland and Detroit, also with some uh, smatterings of the game plan against Baltimore. And guess what? It didn't work at all. I saw multiple breakdowns from people whose Work I enjoy, you know Brian Baldy, the Baldy's breakdowns, whatever Matt Chatham, Taylor Kyle's, uh, who's done an amazing job ascending from uh, internet film breakdown guy to NFL Network and NFL Media film guru. Awesome, so proud of him. Uh, basically, the uh, what was what happened? It, there was the uh, the Cover Zero Blitz when Chicago was at like the twenty-five, and um, it had worked against Cleveland, so they sent everybody. Everybody was covered up. And there was a blitz coming at Brissett. Okay, well, that's going to work. It's Jacoby Brissett. Chicago had seen that. And so if they ever got that read, they figured out, oh, all we got to do is dump a screen pass, get somebody out in space. And that's when David Montgomery took 125 yards to the house. Yeah. So the Patriots did game plan and it didn't work. Obviously, it wasn't a very good game plan defensively. And offensively, I'm inclined to agree with everyone who says, despite Bailey Zappi saying like, oh, no, it's the same game plan. Like when I'm under center, when Mac does or whatever. And Mac wanting to. Ignore that altogether. The offense looks completely different when Bailey Zappi's in there versus Mac. And the numbers as to who's in shotgun more and who's under center more and who runs RPOs and who runs play actions bear this out as well. Like, I, I think we had said last week on this very program, like, why not just run what had been done with Bailey Zappi, a little more basic game planning, a little football 101 when Mac is in there because it was working. Because it was working. Maybe it wouldn't have mattered uh, a lick on Monday night because the offensive line couldn't block. They couldn't run the damn ball to save their lives. The tackling was crap. Uh, Chicago ran all over the field. Trent Brown, great effort Monday night. Uh, uh, Eight plays, three penalties in the first eight plays of the game. Just brutal. makes you think that the game plan was to go out there and just play as terribly as possible. No, they didn't throw the game. This is not the WWE. It's still the NFL. Next question. Uh, Tally Levitt. Is there even a defensive coach on this Pats team? They're all over the place. Wide open gaps Monday. Yes, there is. Just like there's an offensive hive mind, there's a, as a defensive hive mind as well. Steve calls the play. Steve Belichick on game night. He and Gerard Mayo work in tandem along with Brian Belichick, the safeties coach during the week. Like there's a whole, and of course, Bill Belichick has a heavy influence, if not sometimes a final say in a lot of these things, but it's Steve, it's Gerard, It's Brian. It's Bill. There's a whole number of them. There's no distinct one defensive coordinator. Like if you're looking for an answer to who's going to start a quarterback, you may as well go back to who's the offensive play caller. Are you happy with whoever the offensive play caller is? Who's calling defensive plays like Belichick, even though he's admitted to it, he's not going to come out and say it. Why? Because giving you what you need is not the business of what they're into down there. They're in the business of that's right. I heard it from everyone down there. That's right. They're in the business of doing what's in the best interest of the football team, and apparently that's not having a distinct defensive coordinator, even though they used to, and it worked for them. All right, now we're getting silly. Matt Jerry or Matt Gary asks, "Why are we so bad against mobile quarterbacks?" Uh, Andy Hart got after this on the Six Rings post game show way into the night and/or morning Monday into Tuesday. And it's a combination of things. It's always been kind of an issue for Belichick. He's had a difficult time with some of these uh, mix and mesh and slash concepts, whatever whatever they're called, in terms of just like moving a lot of people around on the, on the line and receivers and backs, confusing people and RPO and a mobile quarterback. Think about it. Like Tua has been at times his most effective, not on the deep ball, but just confusing the line and finding the right play to check into against the Patriots and also he's had some great runs. Lamar Jackson has had his way on a number of occasions, except in the pouring rain in 2020 against bill Belichick defenses. And now the best game Justin Fields has had since he became a pro it was against the Patriots because something about the Belichick defensive concept with the bigger, defenders that have a hard time in space chasing these guys down. Surprisingly, there was no spy looking for fields. They must not have thought he was going to run as much as he was, even though Belichick told you he's a weapon every time he has that ball in his hands. And also Andy's big thing was they may just not have the right kind of athletes to be able to keep up with teams who base their offensive concepts on misdirection and speed. Like there may not be the elite explosiveness on the Patriots defense to be able to keep up, When these guys get out in space, catch you off guard or fake you out of your jocks and socks. So this may be another something they're going to have to look at. I know uh, I know a lot of us thought the linebacking core would get younger and faster with Raekwon McMillan and people like myself who had to take a lap over buying into the Cameron McGrone project and Mac Wilson. Hey, he's he's good in coverage. He's quick. Yeah, the Browns didn't want him. And I know one man's trash can sometimes be another Belichick's treasure, but doesn't seem like that's the case. Like he's a special teamer. Who can be a good substitute linebacker? But banking on these guys being able to keep up with elite playmakers in 2022, having a hard time, having a hard time. Anthony Rossi. Okay, Fitz. This one's coming from the 781. At what point does Kraft step in on this mess? I know he had. We had, there were reports that he really liked Bailey Zappi and would have liked him to have started over Hoyer. And I understand. Good kid. Great story. Promising project. Absolutely all the right reasons and ways you want to go about your business as a backup quarterback and a project in the NFL, and also definitely more potential for success than Brian Hoyer. Not over Mac Jones. Not over Mac Jones. So there's no reason for him to step in necessarily yet with that. I know he also kind of like made his feelings known about Kendrick Bourne. Bourne was a scratch. He's got a turf toe thing non-factor obviously monday night as well um he doesn't step in yet to answer your question anthony uh and thanks for hanging up and listening great call uh he's not going to step in just yet patriots like they lose to the jets have a hard time with the colts like the record really starts going south and by thanksgiving or the end of november the playoffs are a distant thought a wish and maybe even a memory i don't know and then come season's end i definitely think mr Kraft would jump in. I think Robert Kraft would definitely assert himself, say things that would make people with high paying jobs and important roles organizationally uncomfortable. Just yet, I don't believe Robert Kraft steps in. Maybe later in the season, he'll be heard from again. And by season's end, oh, you will definitely hear from him. For sure. You'll definitely hear from him. Uh, Melissa Kip, Hey, I went to high school with Melissa Kip. Melissa Kipp checking in from Braintree. Hey, Turp, our producer, you're a Braintree guy, right?
1: I sure am.
0: Here he is. Did you guys know Turp, who works at the station and also does a great job helping us produce six rings and for all things six rings, if you will. Turp is a football coach in Braintree and he also pride of the Wampatuck down there in Braintree, a Braintree Wamp, just like myself. How about the South Shore representing, huh?
1: Wamp pride runs deep, Fitzy.
0: I love that, my man. That's great. Mm. How are you feeling, by the way, Turp? before we get to Melissa's question? uh, about all this right now. Like you as you, as person who works in sports media, you as Patriots fan and football coach yourself, how are you feeling about this madness?
1: I feel like the hatred on Belichick is a little overblown, even though it's well-deserved. Let -hmm. let me get that straight. Like he He does say, he
0: does say, if you're going to question, if you're going to question anybody, you're going to criticize anybody. It all comes back to, it all comes back to me. So he doesn't just want that smoke. Like he emails it, he texts it, he invites it. Like he knows, he tells that smoke his address on a regular basis.
1: But we had people last week crowning Bill Belichick after he tied Papa Bear Hallis and all that. And now people are calling for his head and calling for his job. It just seems a little harsh to me.
0: Yeah, it's a I, I that's a little much, don't you think? Like to to be saying like Belichick's time is done. Di- don't get me wrong. I think Belichick messed this up. I think this is Monday night. I think is one of the worst coaching jobs I've seen from Bill Belichick in Absolutely. terms of preparation, execution, decision-making. Now there'll be people that are going to be like, this guy's an idiot. You suck, Fitzy. I can't believe you would ever speak ill of Bill Belichick. Do you not know what he's done for you? Of course, Turp. We all know what Bill Belichick has done for this team, for this region, for this fan base, but we're still allowed to disagree. I don't have to like, Pledge fealty. This isn't a cult or a church. We're allowed to disagree, but to call for his head and say now it's time for Belichick to get done. No, that's w- wait. That's way too much. That's that's uh, I I can't get on board with that madness.
1: And people were loving the move. L- Gillette Stadium lit up when Zappy came in, and then he kind of faltered at the end. But people loved the move at the time and to go to the momentum. But I just I- think calling for his job is completely
0: ridiculous. Would you have? Here we go. Just one other fan's opinion. Would you have left Mac in? Would you have just started him and said, like, I got to get my guy going again? Or would you have start started Zappy and then left Mac Jones for the road start against the Jets? Because, you know, last week on the pod, that's that's what I said. I would have rather they started Zappy. And then you go back to Mac because that's your guy.
1: I think the road game would have definitely been a better idea because we saw actually after the first three and out, you could hear on the ESPN broadcast, there was Zappy chance. After one three and out. And that's just kind of part of the problem in playing with Boston. Like, you hear it all the time. It's a tough place to play. And that was on full display on Monday night. This guy was... People picked the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl last year. How quickly people forget that. After the Brady after the Brady game, people were saying, maybe the Pats play the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Why? Because of Mac Jones. And so how quickly people forget that is just mind-boggling to me. And now they're calling for this fourth-round rookie to come in, Bailey Zappi, who's really... He's been okay, but he hasn't really wowed anybody. No, it just had, what's been, so, so what's been so it it
0: is. And I, I don't even know what's been so unbelievable about like Zappy. He's executed the game plan. The kid is kind of unflappable. He's, you know, he's cool. Moves well, throws a good pass, but he doesn't have a laser rocket arm by any stretch of the imagination. You can see his limitations. He needs to get strong. Mac Jones worked all offseason to try to address some of the limit limitations and mistakes he made last year that plagued him. And now, this year, he's making more, and there's got there's got to be some sort of disconnect inside that we just don't know more about, and we got to keep picking at that. but um it's,
1: it's just how quickly people forget everything last year, how well Matt played, yep. how he was should have won offensive rookie of the year if Jamar Chase didn't go crazy at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. It's just how quickly people forget that and move on. I think it's just kind of how spoiled we've been here over the past twenty years. It's just it's really showing now.
0: The recipe is the entitlement of the double dynastic run with recency bias and a little what have you done for me lately? And it's now, it seems like it's affecting the fan base. It's an organizational issue. Like, again, like that's why I'm saying, uh, you know, I opened up with that little, my little spiel and diatribe, like it's a mess right now. It, it really is. People need to just calm, calm down. Let's see what they do Sunday. Let's see what they do over the next couple of games before the bye if you see a more concerted effort, if you see a more organized team, better executed game plans, competitive, and maybe even get a couple wins, we're singing a different song, Turp.
1: And they're not out of this by any stretch of the imagination. Uh-uh, no. As a matter of fact, we have questions to that playoffs. point
0: for sure. Agree with you. Thanks, Terp. Uh, Melissa, can you get Bill to tell us who's the starting quarterback next week? Sorry, Kip. We can't because the media tried and he they begged for an answer and all he gave them was a big fat maybe. Yeah, I mean, we'll see about the Amazon. He's having so much fun with this. Ah, I'm glad someone is because uh, I could, I'd could. i like to tell you I'm having fun now, but Monday was briefly fun at best. And right now, this, this is a, um as the kids like to say, this rhymes with pit show. It's the E story in the NFL right now. You know, uh, uh, Elliot Shore Parks, who does a great job on the best football show for Odyssey, a great podcast said the same thing, like, this is the biggest storyline in the NFL, this is a mess, this is one of the most curious things in the history of Bill Belichick as a head coach and football genius. Everyone's talking about it, and the answer is, nobody knows who's starting or what the long-term plan is. Daniel Evans asks, do you think there's a rift between Mac and the coaching staff? There's got to be some sort of disconnect or something weird going on, Daniel, because otherwise, you know, a rift. I don't. Uh, riff could be. Riff could be a tad extreme. But you know, because you know, Mac is a why guy and always wants answers to questions and was curious as to why they were going with defensive coordinator, special teams guy, head coaches that had recently been fired as the new offensive brain trust with the Pats and why they were switching things up when it worked well last year and they, you know, I don't know me. Were they disappointed with the way the season finished? Do they think that there are limitations on him that have been exposed or revealed that they weren't prepared for? Um, Does he not buy into the new plan? Does he not like these coaches? I I don't know there's a rift, but there's definitely uh, perhaps a little tension and definitely a little disconnect. Like all is not rosy. It's not all wine and roses. It's not sunshine and cupcakes there, friend. That's far from perfect. It's a little bumpy right now. And I think it may get a little bumpier on the flight so you may want to fasten your seat belts, Pats fans, before we get off this uh, airborne gravel road and get back to smoother sailing. Thank you for flying another aircraft on Patriots Airlines. Your next question, Jordan Watson. Call it conspiracy, but is Matt Patricia sabotaging Mac Jones? Okay, that's you know, wow, 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 wow. That's that is some X-files Tin foil hat, basement of the Pentagon, crazy-ass podcast conspiracy theories. And I love it when people get like that on the podcast because it makes for juicy dialogue. No. And if he was, shame on him. That would be one of the, like, that would, no. But I do, I do think there's a different play calling for the different quarterbacks and the different skills in their uh, level of execution or what they're capable of, their skill set at the NFL, like I said earlier, with Zappian, with Mac uh, sabotage? Sabotage that would be flipping unbelievable, and if they did, for shame. But I told you, like, they may be getting too close to just like ruining the whole relationship and max potential. What do you think is going to happen if Mac has a crappy game against the Jets and they bring him back against the Colts or Zappy plays? Uh, because now they think I Mac comes back to foxborough against the Colts, another three and out, a couple incompletions. Rough start, another interception, chance for Zappi. Are there going to be enough people? And I know there are a lot of people that feel badly for Mac now. I've read a million different I feel bad for Mac or this is making me sad for Mac. Tweets and socials, I don't know if you saw on my Instagram at FitzyGFY, Adam Richens, who does a great job taking photographs at the Patriots games, had this photo of the action taking place on the field. And he was behind Mac and Mac had his helmet on and his head down. And it just looked so sad. Oh, I felt so bad for Mac Jones. Somebody who has money and plays quarterback and is handsome and has a big, bright future ahead of him. And I felt so bad. Yikes. I don't, Right now, I can tell you this. I don't know if Mac Jones is going to be the quarterback of the New England Patriots or the San Francisco 49ers or the Indianapolis Colts or the New York Giants next season. He may be the quarter. I'm as... Confident in him being the quarterback of one of those teams as I am of the Patriots. What a weird place to be. Whew. Thank goodness we have a podcast to talk this out. A couple more. Wayne Felch. Should the Patriots be sellers in the trade market? Could you trade Trent Brown, Devin McCourty, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, John o. Smith, any veteran? Could they be up for grabs? Someone's getting moved. You can see it because I read a report uh, a day ago that the Pats are getting tons of calls about Aguilar. I bet this either Bourne or Aguilar is getting traded. One of those two receivers with the emergence of Thornton double tight end use. I still think the tight ends get kept. One of those receivers gets moved, but I don't think the Patriots are on mass sellers unless Sunday, because I know the trade deadline is next week, unless Sunday the Patriots go out to jet life stadium and get their asses handed to them. I mean, like doors blown off. We're talking like, Buffalo playoffs, opening game 2003 against the Bills, 2010 against the Browns. Like if they just get absolutely smashed, and it would probably be from a solid effort by the Jets defense with uh, some opportunistic offense, because Belichick should be great against a quarterback the first time he faces him like he did with Fields and wasn't. And now you wonder if the Jets are going to watch some of that and change things up I expect a much better effort from the Patriots Sunday, a much tighter, more concerted effort defensively, very conservative on offense. I believe you'll see nothing thrown sauce Gardner's way, but I can only see them trading a few pieces. It's not a fire sale just yet. Tom Bishop is Belichick. The best thing for this franchise now. And if you were Mac, would you ask to be traded out? Woo. Hot. That's hot. Tommy hot. Um, Yes, Bill Belichick's the best coach, the best general manager, the best the best of everything for this organization previously for this organization now and for this organization going forward. He's the greatest football mind for sure. Let's hope that they can get through this sea of uncertainty, the injuries, uh the the morass of indecision, indecisiveness and and get the whole team to get on the same page. But it's really weird when you hear players coming out offensive linemen wide receivers saying they feel bad for their starting quarterback that they didn't know there could be a switch that they weren't prepared for zappy to be out there that they thought mac was going to go back and then you've got guys like dante Scarnecchia calling up radio stations like weei and saying i've never seen this before we never went about business like this this strikes me as completely odd listen i know unique times call for unique measures that's sort of like a variation on desperate times calling for desperate measures But these aren't desperate times just yet. And yet it seems like they've enacted a couple of, uh, they've tripped a couple of wires or switches now that have almost turned it into desperation time. Again, we'll see after the Jets game, which I'm giving them more than a fighting chance in. But he is the best guy for now. No, Kraft isn't getting involved just yet, but oh boy, tread lightly and stay tuned, Pats fans. Uh, John Langlois. Oh, and this also, there was a guy named Bruce Drake who asked this and even a couple others. This might've been the question I was asked the most, uh, on the socials today for the pod. Is it Sean Payton time? Do you think I want to be the guy to answer that question? Shit. Uh, no, but I'll say this. If Bill Belichick were to uncouple from the Patriots or Robert Kraft were to make a massive decision 10 times bigger than putting Bailey Zappi in on a Monday night game to replace a previously injured and ice cold Mac Jones against the Chicago Bears. Sean Payton would make it for a hell of a choice. I'd want to go in it. Put it this way. I don't want anyone on the current coaching staff to be the next head coach of the Patriots unless it were Gerard Mayo. That's me. I don't know if there's anyone else out there who feels the same. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. It's fine. I would want them to go a completely different direction. Sean Payton would make a fantastic choice. Yeah, it would cost the Patriots, but got to pay a premium for success and for excellence. But right now, it's in Bill We Trust. Patrick Casey, you're never as bad as your worst loss or as your best win. We're on to the Jets. Just a good comment to put in there. That's correct. Again, what if they go out Sunday? Belichick is able to stymie Zach Wilson, who has not had a signature game in the NFL yet. He's never looked great. He has truly never looked great. Bailey Zappi has had some great moments. Mac Jones has had some legitimately great games. The Jets' defense is playing great right now. Pat's defense has had some great moments, has faltered a little bit, obviously. Hard times have fallen upon the Belichick defense. But Zach Wilson has never had a great game. If he goes out and has a great game Sunday against Bill Belichick's Patriots, Who know they need to put on a rock star defensive effort? Well then, oh 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 me oh my! Wow, that that'll that'll be something. That uh, man, then I'm I'm gonna look for cracks in the sidewalk revealing the emergence of the upside down, and I will carry an umbrella because I'll expect it to rain frogs any minute now. I think he's timey Zach Wilson. I think he puts on an excellent defensive performance because. Yeah, it's not as bad as it was Monday. It may never be as great as it was against Cleveland. What an interesting two weeks for the Patriots. Kick Cleveland's ass after they were in every game and make yourself think that you're riding high and the Patriots have high, high playoff hopes and potential. And then the next week, get your ass handed to you by the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football and be left with personnel decisions and a quarterback controversy uh, and a quarterback controversy to boot. The highs and lows. I mean, was that game not as on-brand for the 2022 season as any you have seen thus far Rodgers loses to an XFL quarterback. Can't get the green Bay offense going. Brady's a 13 point favorite on the road against the Carolina Panthers who traded away their best wide receiver, the best running back, maybe their best player in franchise history fired their coach and they were starting an XFL quarterback, their fourth string quarterback Mayfield Darnold, um, the rookie, uh, not how he's in Washington. Um, Matt Dowell, whatever his name is, um, and then PJ Walker. Final score: Panthers twenty-one, Tampa Bay three. Because of course, two thousand twenty-two, the wonkiest season that these NFL watching eyes have ever seen. Finally, Devesh Behel, Does anyone think we can still make the playoffs? I'll end with this. Yes, yes, I still think the Patriots can make the playoffs. They lose to the Jets Sunday. I might start singing a different tune. But I do think if they can beat the Jets on Sunday, they're back to four and four, nine games to go, five to six of which can be winnable depending on which Patriots show up. If they can escape the game relatively healthy, make a starting quarterback decision, stick with that guy the rest of the way, commit to the part and the scheme and the dream, yes, then I do think that the Patriots can make the playoffs. And also because the AFC is a mess, you got Kansas City and Buffalo and Jets are 5-2, and two, but if you could take one from them Sunday, that would help. Miami with Tua, obviously they've taken a little bit of an offensive step back. Who knows if they're going to get right anytime soon. They're 4-3. and three. Cincinnati's kind of getting in gear. I might. Cincinnati's looking like they want to join Kansas City and Buffalo in the we'll see you for meaningful football in the middle to late January party. But the rest, the Chargers, they don't look great. The Raiders, that running game is emerging, but I'm not buying in on them just yet. The Broncos, ha! <laughs> Jacksonville, whoops! The Colts, nah. The Titans, they're good. If they get going on Sunday and Derrick Henry shows that he's back to like 2020 form and health, maybe they're back there as well. Pittsburgh, nope. Browns, nope. Baltimore can't even get out of their own way. So there's still room for a team that can get their act together, string a couple wins together, and build the confidence, poise, and consistency needed to be able to just snag one of those elusive wildcard spots that could be up for grabs at the end of the season. All right, I want to thank everyone who submitted questions. I want to thank you guys for listening, tuning in, subscribing, rating, and sharing the Six Rings and Football Things podcast with your friends, being part of this growing, oddball, football-loving community. Uh, Like I always say, whether we celebrate or we commiserate, we do it together, and we thank you guys for joining us. Uh, Great job by Terp, as always, producing behind the scenes. This has been a presentation of WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. Six Rings and Football Things will be back very soon with our Jets Patriots preview. We'll be joined by a Patriots beat reporter from Gillette Stadium with Andy Hart and Brandon Tierney, the co-host of Tiki and Tierney, the midday show on WFAN, will join us to give uh, some perspective and insight from uh, Jet Life. And let me tell you, he has already promised to bring many a sling and arrow for Belichick and the Patriots. The Jets are coming for him. Hope the Pats are ready. Thanks for listening, everybody. Always a pleasure. Take care. Good luck. God bless. And Go Pats.